This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. You know, I was going to start a, uh, a series, a Christmas series, and but but Yin said you started James, you got to finish James. And I said, okay, I'll finish up James. Amen. I'll finish up James. Maybe I'll start into Christmas. And, um, but uh, yeah, I'll finish up James. And we almost finished James. So we're in part 10 of the book of James. And just, you know, a little recap. And I'm not going to take the whole service and recapping like I do. Uh, sometimes I take half the service and recapping. But I'm not going to do that now. But uh, just remember when, when in the book of James, when James started writing, he was writing to the dispersed church. And the church was dispersed because of persecution. And um, we're sort of in a situation where, where church is dispersed in a way because, you know, the, the virus and, and people with uh, compromised immune systems are staying home and um, things of that nature. And, and we're not all together. Amen. It's, but I'm going to say that it's better together. <laughs> it's better to be in together. And, but I'm just glad that we can... Uh, video stream into the homes of everybody that's watching. And so in the book of James, it talks about that, uh, that, you know, I'm just going to say this, that uh, this world system is not designed for peace. It's a lot of turmoil in this world that we live in. And uh, we enter turmoil all the time. There's, there's, there's uh, turmoil happening all around us. And um, and I think, you know, God, you know, some some people may ask, why does God allow evil in this world? Some people may say, why does God allow evil? I mean, God's so good. Why is evil here? Well, God is good, but he's love. And, and because he's love, he gives us free will. And be, because he gives us free will, he gives us a, a, a choice. And we have a choice to 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 serve God, to, serve, to, to receive Jesus Serve God, or we have a choice to follow our own will, do our own thing, follow the devil. So God gives us free will so he doesn't control us. In, his free, in free will, unfortunately, people choose to do evil. Right? But, but thank God people choose to do good. And thank God that we, you know, and God, you know, we didn't know any better to do good until Jesus knocked on the door of our hearts. Right, until he woke us up because we we're no better than any anybody else or any of the sinners except for Jesus makes us better. Say Jesus makes me better. So, you know, so, um, you know, and even the Bible talks about that when you witness that we should witness in a an attitude of love, you know, because, you know, not looking down on people. But, you know, but we want to wit- because we were there at one time. And some of us are trying to get at, get out of some parts of there into the place called there. Amen. And in other words, we're navigating our faith walk. So, so James is a very practical book. And so he starts off by, by saying, uh, brethren, count it all grief and sorrow and pain. No, he doesn't say that. He says, count it all joy. He doesn't say, it's my party and I cry if I want to. I cry... <laughs> He doesn't say that. He doesn't start off like that. He doesn't say, listen, just complain, moan, and gripe about this life. He, he didn't say that. He says, brethren, count it all joy. When you encounter 
trials, when you encounter tribulation, count it all joy. And then he said, because, because I'm going to say this, God always causes us to triumph, yes. no matter what it looks like. Yes. Like I say, we don't lose, we learn. Amen. Can I say that again? We don't lose. Sometimes the devil will say, you lost on this. No, we learned something from it. Amen. And if you can learn, you don't lose, and you learn not to repeat the mistake. Right. So 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 he's saying to us, you know, rejoice. So he starts off by saying, you know, because, you know, uh, it, it is a uh, a world system that is that moves and operates. And the Bible says this way, that this whole world system lies in, in darkness. So, you know, uh, that's why you got to be very careful with listening to the news and all that, because because it's tainted with darkness. And there's no real true news except for the Bible. Amen. You know, there's always going to be slanted in one way or the other. OK. And so 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 he talks about that. And then he talks about, you know, we talked about, you know, getting wisdom. And and then he talks about that. You, your faith has to be. Um, it's not that we're not just saved by faith alone, but we're we're saved by faith and corresponding action. So so he brings in our actions and how we live our life and is our life congruent with our faith? Is our talk congruent with our walk? So, so he starts talking about this and he, and, he, and, he, and he lays this out. Are you, you know, if your brother's hurting, uh, do you just tell him just, uh, uh, hey, I bless you in the name of the Lord and walk away? Or if you have the means, can you help your, that brother? Right. So he's saying, won't you put your faith to action? Right. Why don't you do something? You know, some of us... You know, there was a song that was on, on the radio, I think, Caleb, and it was, this, it was about this guy complaining a song. God, look at this, all this injustice and all this. And, and he's saying, God, won't you do something? And then, and then in that line, God says, I made you. I have done something. Amen. <laughs> in other words, he, he created us so that we may not like the injustice and start doing something about it. Amen. 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 Because we live in an unjust world. There's unjust things happening all the time. And, 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 uh, so, and, and, and I'm segueing into part 10 um, of my message is that, that God will vindicate the just. That's my title. God will vindicate the just. And so there are a lot of unjust things happening. And so we have to get a, a, a revelation that God is good and God is just. And his word, uh, God brings justice Eventually, he will bring justice. It may not always look like justice is here. It may look like some things, but, but, but James talks about this. And, and in part 10, we're in chapter 5, verses 1 and 6. He's, now, he's talking about rich people or powerful people that are using their riches or their power to try to control narratives and try to move masses or even try to usurp authority over the poor. So, so, so this is, a, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the idea that's, that the rich is lording over the poor and God doesn't like that. Amen. Amen? And so, so we're supposed to look out for the poor. Amen. We're supposed to look out for the disenfranchised. We're supposed to be looking out for the underdog. Amen. Well, the church is anyway. That's right. 
Amen. And so and so he goes in here and he and he talks to the rich man and he says, uh, come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. You riches are corrupted and your garments are moth eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Now, that's pretty strong. What is he saying? Well, he's really talking about that. See, Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. He said, how, you know, and of course the disciples said, then who can be saved? You know, because they were business people and they were like, and they were in it. You know, they weren't just, they were in the kingdom because they want, they, they, they like the prestige and they like the, the, the good life. And they heard about, you know, mansions in heaven and streets of gold. But, but, but they said, but, but, but Peter said, what, what the rich, but, but then what Jesus, he clarified, he says, how hard it is for those that trust in riches, not to those that have riches. God's not against us having riches. He's, a, he's against the fact that if we trust in our wealth, in other words, our bank accounts, we trust in that. No, you need to trust God because your bank account could be gone tomorrow. The Federal Reserve may not be here next week. So are you hearing what I'm saying? So somebody say, trust God. And yes, and buy gold. No, I won't go there. <laughs> but trust God. Amen. And so now he's saying here uh, to the rich man, he's talking about judgment here. He says, now you have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of laborers who mow your fields, which you kept back for fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. And you have fattened your hearts. And in the day of slaughter, you have condemned. You have murdered the just. He does not resist you. So what it's saying, you know, um, it's saying that that there's a lot of unjust things happening in this world system. I, uh, you know, there was this man that was in prison. I was watching something on Facebook and uh, he was on um, American Got Talent. And he was in prison for 38 years for a crime he did not commit. And thank God for forensics. Thank God that he got out. And, uh, you know, and it was unjust. It was unjust. But but even though unjust things can happen, God can turn it around. Amen. He can still turn it around and, and he can and he can he can turn the, the wrong right. He can do that in this life or in the life thereafter. And we got we got to believe that. And so God is all about justice here. And so we see this and this is the thing that that people need to realize this. And and James is saying to the rich man, don't get too cocky about your riches. That's not going to save you. You got to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And don't be hoarding all your money up for yourself. In other words, start giving some of it away. Amen. In In other words, use your finances to bless people. You know, uh, Yen and I were eating um, last week at, at a restaurant, and you know, those rest- restaurants are, are kind of dead these days. But we were at a, a restaurant, and wasn't a lot of people there. And so we, uh, I decided to give the um, the waitress uh, double. I doubled the, the 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 gratuity. Normally, you know, twenty. I gave more. I doubled it, and I just said, "Here, here's a blessing for you." And, and always add Jesus in with your blessings. Amen. Just want to let you know Jesus loves you. Because if you don't, you're just to- tooting your own horn. Oh, I'm preaching today. 
look how great I am. I doubled the tip. Yeah. No, listen, you're, you're only good because God makes you good. But if you're doing it so you can look good, then that's not the motive that you should be doing. No, your motive is to bring people to God. So you give God, you give somebody a blessing, but always add Jesus in there. Is that right? Or you're just promoting who you are. I, look how great I am. No, it's look how great God is. God is great. And so you let them know God is great. Jesus loves you. And the reason why I do this, because first God first gave his son Jesus to us. Amen. The greatest gift of all. And so, yeah, I'm getting a little Christmassy here. Amen. And so, amen. And so, and so justice. Somebody say justice. justice. See, the foundation of God's throne is righteousness, justice. Amen. A mercy. It's easier foundational throne of God's throne. Righteousness, justice, truth, and mercy are, are the four pillars of his throne. Amen. Righteousness, justice, mercy, and truth. May not be in that order. Truth might be the first one, but it's righteousness, justice, mercy, and truth, right? And so God is all about justice. And so justice will prevail in, in, in the day of, of judgment. Look at Malachi 4, 1 and 2. This is why we have to have, we need to be, we need to have a burden for those that are lost. We need, because we need to warn them that, there, that there's a hell to shun. There is a judgment day. Amen. And I'm not, you know, talking about Arnold. Amen. I, there is a judgment day for everybody. Amen. Now, look at this. Malachi 4, 1 and 2 says it this way. And this is the last book of the Old Testament. And Malachi was a, a prophet of God. He says, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven and all proud. Yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. Amen. So, 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 this, so, so Malachi is, is saying judgment day is coming. And if people don't repent, get Jesus in their life, and they continue to go on their prideful way, thinking that they know it all and their money is going to protect them, they have a rude awakening. Amen. So he's telling you this. And, and, and he's saying that this is going to be the outcome unless these people turn. And there is hope. Amen. Say, there is hope. hope. Somebody say, there's hope for my rich uncle. Okay. <laughs> Amen. There's hope. Amen. And uh, everybody has a rich uncle, right? And, um, nope. <laughs> and that will leave them now, uh, neither root or branch, which means they will, there will be no inheritance for the unbeliever. But, but, but we have an inheritance. Say, I have an inheritance. And we have some good. Then, then, then I like to call it the payoff for the righteous. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall fat calves. Now, I never owned a farm. And I don't know about releasing calves into, into the field, but it seems like that they're happy calves. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? And what, 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 is God, what, what is he saying here? Well, you know, he, he's saying that, that those that, that fear God, that serve God, uh, right, uh, healing uh, is, is, is our covenant. Healing 
uh, healing the woes in our life, healing the injustice that's come. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? There is a, there is a cause. There is a reason. And, and we, we serve God because he loves us. And we serve him not just because of what he's going to do for us, but when we serve him, he will do great things for us. Amen. And then it says, in Mal, uh, and then it says uh, this is how we have to respond, James saying, when unjust things are happening in the world, things that aren't fair. He says, James in 5, 7, 8 says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Now, nobody wants to hear when they're suffering to be patient. Oh, just, just suffer a little bit longer. Nobody wants to hear that. that. You know, don't tell me to be patient. I, I've, been all, I've been already waiting long enough. When, when, when is dinner? You know, you know when is the bell going to ring? When is the dinner bell? I'm waiting. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you husbands, you come home and you're hungry and food's not on the table. Where's dinner? Amen. Be patient. Perfection. Takes time. Amen. As, as the wise will say. Amen. And some of the men are cooks too. So amen. And um, is that right, Tony? But we'll continue. And uh, therefore, uh, there, you're a cook, right? Okay, we'll continue. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. This is really interesting. When I was studying this, that, you know, even though James was talking really strong about the rich man that's going to end up being punished in hell and will be judged. Then he says, be patient because God's waiting for the precious fruit. Who's that precious fruit? It could be the rich man. <laughs> Have you thought about that? In other words, you know, you think, well, as Christians, we should hate on these people. No, we, we, we don't hate on these people. These people are deceived. We need to love them into the kingdom if we can. Right. And so now he's swinging it back to the harvest. Say it's all about the harvest. Amen. And so, so he's saying be patient for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently until we receive the early and latter rain. And then he says it again. You also be patient. Does he have to drill that into us? Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So, so he's saying, listen, be patient. You know, God is patient and he has been patient with us. How, how many people realize, God, when we've been lost and undone and when we've been kind of going, veering off the, the, the path of righteousness into the path of lawlessness. And thank God, God pulls us back into the path of righteousness. Amen. So we won't be judged in those that are in the path of lawlessness. Amen. And so, so, so I'm going to say this, that God is setting up a kingdom. So I do have to get a little Christmassy this morning, okay? I, I got to put Christmas in here. And so Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 says it this way. Because, because Jesus is coming back to set up a kingdom, and it's going to be a righteous kingdom. It's going to be a, a kingdom based on righteousness and justice, mercy and truth. And so he says in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, for unto us a child is born. See, I got Christmas in here. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, ever, forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we see this, that it's coming all down to the fact that Jesus is coming back. We're, you know, I believe that, you know, Jesus is coming back in the rapture, as in he's, we're going to meet him in the air. But that's not his return back to the earth. And his second coming is not the rapture, but his second coming is when once we're done on the banquet table, enjoying our seven years of feasting with the Lord and blessing, then we're coming back with the Lord to take over. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Are you catching it this morning? Do you know that you're in a good spot with God today? Amen. You're in church. You're God-fearing people. You love the Lord. And you may say, how come the devil has this, uh, has this world and all the wealthy people, all the uh, sinners and wealthy people seem to have all the mansions and all the good stuff and all that? Uh, it's just only going to be for a short period. Because my Bible says it's the meek that will inherit the earth. Amen. And meekness is not weakness, but strength under control. Amen. And I'm telling you, Jesus came the first time as the lamb, but he's coming back the second time as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we're coming back to roar with him. And we're going to kick that devil right off his, his throne. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. And so, and so then he says here, because we get tempted. Have you ever been tempted to look at circumstances and look at people and be tempted to say the wrong things? And sometimes our flesh will get right, you know, we'll raise up, you know. In other words, we'll raise a little cane. You know what I'm saying? And uh, don't, don't, don't. Don't have a child, a son, and call him Cain and say, I'm raising little Cain. No, no, we'll continue. But, um, and we'll continue here. Don't you love my dry jokes? But we'll continue. And James 5 here, he says, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets whom spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Above all, my brethren, okay, we'll stop right there because I just want to make a point here, that we see here that that it's very easy to have a tendency to grumble and complain about what's going on. It's easy to do that. But, you know, of course, go back to count it all joy. Go back to seeking God's wisdom. Go back to walking in peace, right? Go back to, you know, just aligning with the, the God's word. Amen. And so, so he's saying here, he's saying, just be patient, be like Job. And what happened with Job? He wants to bring you back to Job because, you know, Job was attacked, and the hedge was brought down. And the hedge was brought down because I believe because in Job 3.23 it said the very thing he 
fear came upon him. So I believe it wasn't because God was testing his faith to see where he was at. It was Job, you know, he had some fear. He was doing sacrifices just in case their kids, you know, you know, curse God in their hearts. And he was not really trusting God with his children. Okay. Trust God with your kids, people. Trust God. God's working it out. You and your household will be saved. Trust God. Trust God. God's working it out. Amen. He's looking after your kids. Glory to God. He loves them more than you love them. Amen. And you and your household will be saved. Stand on that truth. Amen. Because you're covering them. Amen. And Jesus is, 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 doing, is covering them. Amen. Your prayers are covering them. Glory to God. And so, and so we see here uh, that he says Job was patient, but we found out this, um, this is what happened to Job. At the end, he received double for his trouble. Amen. He got more kids. He got more wealth. He got more blessing. So I'm going to say, can I get out of my chair today? Uh, I'm going to say this because now I'm getting out of my chair now. You know, I'm, I'm ready to fight. And, uh, but uh, see, see, the devil thought he had Job. The devil thought that he was going to get Job. You know, he even tried to move through Job's wife. Why don't you curse God and die? Boy, what friends like that? Who needs enemies? <laughs> what a good wife. But anyway, we'll continue. And, uh, and, so, and so, you know, curse God. The enemy was speaking through her. Some people say, well, you know, all the, you, since you started going to church, all hell started breaking loose. Why, why don't you just quit that church? Well, because all hell's breaking loose because you're about ready to move into some truth and you're about ready to get set free and the blessing's about ready to come out in on your life. And the devil's putting all this high pressure to keep you from coming in, getting truth, trying to get you to quit and give up and, and abort the blessing that God has for you. And, you're, and if you're going to get anything from God, you're going to have to press in to the things of God. You're going to have to hold on and not allow the enemy to take your crown. That's what it says in the book of Revelation. Don't allow the devil, don't let, allow the enemy to take your crown. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, hold on to your crown. Amen? Of victory. Amen? Hold on to Jesus. Don't let go of Jesus. Don't curse God and die. And he, he, and then God, in his mercy, revealed his love to Job and revealed where Job was missing it in some areas, how he thought and all this. And, and, he, and he prayed for his friends. And, 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 and uh, then God even spoke to his friends. <laughs> got them straight. Amen. And, uh, and everything got turned around in Job's life. Because what the enemy wants to do is get us offended. See, Job was, in, he was on the edge of offense with his friends. He, was, he kept trying to justify why he was such a good guy and all this pain should not be hitting his life. Amen. Amen. I, I'm going to say, Lord, uh, show me where I need to fix it. <laughs> you know, if there's some... If, if there's some judgment coming or if some, something coming in my life that's not right, Lord, is there something? Did I miss something here? 
Am I, am, I, am I doing something? Am I opening doors? Show me so I can get it right. Amen. 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 And so, but we know this, that if you are walking the right walk, the devil, you are a target for the devil. Amen. And the devil's going to do everything he can to discourage you. Right. He's going to do everything he can to come against you. He's going to try to slow down the process of your blessing. Do you, are you hear what I'm saying to you today? He's going to try to throw. He's going to try to slow down everything that God wants to do good in your life. But you have to keep standing. The Bible says, "When you've done all, stand and keep standing." Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. And stand in your righteous stance yes. because God is turning it around. So with Job, he 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 turned it around. And he gave Job double for his trouble. And so if the enemy's attacking you today, if he's been coming against your finances or your health, get ready. Get ready for a healthy body. Get ready for financial blessing. If he's been attacking you in your relationships, get ready for some fruitful relationships. Get ready that God's opening some doors of grace in your life. If people attacked you and, and maybe maybe uh, uh, stabbed you in the back or, or offended you or betrayed you, God's going to bring some true friends into your life that will stand with you, amen, and that will have your back. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God, man. Prove this message. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Remember what he said? Don't grumble against one another. Remember he said, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door, brethren. Amen. So we don't want to grumble. I'm just pulling that back. Amen. With each other. You know, we all have... um, we all have good points and we all have weak points. Some of us are better to cover our weak points than others. I can come up here all shiny and polished, right? But, uh, but my wife knows all my weak points. <laughs> she knows all my weak points. But thank God she protects me. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to protect each other. Look out for each other. Cover each other. Amen. Love covers. Amen. We protect each other. Amen. And so, and so we continue here. <laughs> so he says here, above all brethren, we're shifting gears here. Do not swear either by heaven or earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. What he's saying? He's saying, Jesus said the same thing. He's just quoting what Jesus said. He, Jesus said that, you know, that we're not supposed to be, we're supposed to, eat. if somebody asks us a question, we either say yes or no. Uh, we don't, or if, if, if they're asking, did you do that? You know, oh, I swear I did that. You know, you're trying to prove a point or whatever. Either yes, you did or no, you didn't. That's right. Amen. Yes, I did and I repent. <laughs> no, I didn't. Amen. And so, we'll continue. James 5, 13 uh, through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. So this is telling us, so he's saying, listen, if you're suffering, get into some prayer. If there's areas in your life that's not working, pray. Uh, uh, Get some wisdom. Uh, Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? 
let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, it will be forgiven. That's a lot there. So this is important here. You know, uh, it's important that if you are sick, it says for you, the people, to call upon the elders. So it's a good thing that you call the pastor because it says here you call the elders. You call the person that can pray. You know, in other words, uh, uh, call me. And and that's very scriptural because that shows that you are have humility, that you're asking for prayer, that you need some help. And but but when you say, I don't need I don't need a pastor to pray for me. You know, (laughs) I can handle this on my own. You know, I say, I don't need that. You know, I'm a faith person. Right. Sometimes we need some prayer. Sometimes I'm hurting. I said, I said, uh, Yen, pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> Amen. And um, and so so it says here, uh, uh, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with oil. And I love this. And this is anointing with oil. And it says the prayer of faith will save the sick, which means will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. So so in our humility, when we call upon the elders of the church, we're basically drawing near to God. And in a sense, we're in a repentant attitude where repent means really to turn from your own thing and to turn to God's thing, turn to God's ways. So so you're turning to God, you're humbling yourself. So you're calling for God's helper. Right. The pastor and minister. And, and, and so so he's saying here that when you do that, you're in a good place of grace and mercy. And when you're in that place of grace and mercy, God can heal you. But not only that, you, you, those sins that may of may of open the door for you to be attacked would be forgiven. I love that. You know, there's a scripture and, the, and this is free today. I'm not going to charge you for this one. But there's a scripture in, the, in John. I think it's in 1 John. It's, it says that, that uh, if you see a, a, a brethren uh, committing a sin that does not lead unto death, you can pray for them. Yeah. Uh, and what one minister received um, that from the Lord was that he was worried about his grandmother uh, she was on her deathbed in the hospital about where she was at in her spiritual walk. And he was staying all night. He said, Lord, I need her to come back and talk to me. Make sure she's really good with you before she goes to heaven. And the Lord said to him, why don't you pray that I just forgive her? He said, and, and, and Brother Hagin said, you can do that? <laughs> you can pray? You can do that? You can actually, you know, well, you know, the Catholics, you, you say, you know, the, the, what, what is it, the, the last rites, they say. But it, that is scriptural. That is a, a scriptural thing to give last rites. It, it's a prayer right before somebody goes into glory. So if somebody's in a coma or whatever, you're not too sure, Lord, forgive them. Amen. This whole service could be just for that. Just for that. Forgive them. Forgive them, Lord. Wow. Isn't God merciful? He doesn't want anybody judge. That's why he placed all judgment on Jesus. He said, Jesus, you're going to take all my wrath on you on the cross. 
you're going to take the, my judgment that, I, that men deserve. They deserve to go to hell. They deserve it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on you, my beloved son. And we have freedom. Freedom. Do you know what you have this morning? Freedom. Oh, man. It's humbling. We need to be humbled by what God has given us. Amen. And not take it for granted. Amen. And it says here, confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. So it's very scriptural to let people know your weaknesses. To say, I'm, I'm weak here. I missed it here. I, I sinned here. Amen. Confess your trespasses one to another so that you may be healed. For the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produces fruit. So what is he saying here? He's saying here that we need confession is a good thing. Confessing our faults to one another. Prideful people hide their faults. Prideful people don't want to admit that they do anything wrong. Prideful people cover it up. And the Bible says if you cover your weaknesses, you will not prosper. But humble people say, man, okay, I messed up. I need mercy. (laughs) Amen. Please give me your mercy. God, give me mercy. Amen. And and then you receive mercy. Amen. And... um, I remember I, I, I told this story that I, I, I did something. I was driving and I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I, I torched somebody off behind me. I, sometimes I do that. And um, they were mad at me and, and, uh, uh, and uh, maybe I was at a traffic light. I didn't go fast enough. I don't know what happened. And so they swung around me and I was like, okay. And so, and he, and, and he ended up, and I was behind him. He ended up going the same way I was going. And I'm like, he's going the same way I'm going. I'm going to my mom's house. And, and he's taking all the turns, all the right turns. I'm behind this guy. Where's he going? And he ends up, and he's my mom's neighbor. <laughs> he got mad at me. <laughs> my mom's neighbor. And it's a good thing I didn't say, back to him. Right? You want some of this? I'm from, I'm a New Yorker, you know. New York, you know, sometimes I drive like a New Yorker. I just, just get out. They will slow down, stop. But anyway, um, and so he pulled up, right? I mean, he's my, 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 my not the cross, but catty corner neighbor, which she doesn't know. He was like a new neighbor. And, um, and, and he pulls up there and I pull up. And he, I guess he's thinking that I'm going to take him out or something because I'm following him. You know, come on, man, let's do this, man. You know, you got, you, it's all attitude. Doesn't matter how tall you are, it's all attitude. You gotta remember that. It's attitude. And so, but I got out of the car and he got out of the car and I ran towards him, like David towards the giant. You know what I'm talking about? I ran towards him. And I said, hey man, I just wanna say I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to, you know, mess, mess your day up, man. I just, I didn't even know, I didn't know you were my mom's neighbor. I said, my mom, she lives here. Can you do me a favor? She, she's, she's, she's a widow and she lives here on her own. Can you make sure you watch out for her, you know? And thank you. I gave him a half hug, told him I loved him. And, and you know, and he was like, okay. 
<laughs> but I'm saying, sometimes you just got to turn things around. I had to turn that one around. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I had to turn that one around. Oh, my God. He thought I was going to come and... But I came, I gave him a hug, man. He said, what, what I'm saying? I'm saying that you can overcome evil with good. Amen. You can overcome people... People are, they just don't know. I wasn't trying to tort that guy off by my driving, and sometimes I do that a lot. (laughs) Yen says, you beep at people, and you do the same thing. I said, yes, Yen, I do, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, So he starts off, I'm closing this. He starts off, James starts off by counting in all joy. We are in a world of turmoil. It's happening all the time. The Bible says through many afflictions and tribulations, we'll enter the kingdom. So, so there is a lot of trials and tribulations, things going on around here. A lot of turmoil. Can, can you agree there? And, but we got to make sure we maintain the peace in the turmoil. And then James, at the very end of the book, now, at the beginning, he says, count it all joy because there's turmoil. And then at the very end, he's talking about here, brethren, if anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone turns them back, let him know he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So he, he goes in this last chapter, he really, he talks about the rich man that will end up being judged, but they are the precious fruit of the earth. And he says that, that, that God's waiting for them to come in. We need to be the light of the world and do good, right? And then, then he says here that if your brother now wonders from the truth. In other words, are you your brother's keeper? Yes. Are we, do we have an obligation to tell the truth when somebody's off course? Yes. If we don't, the Bible says their blood is on our hands. So if you have a moral conviction and you believe that you're walking in truth and that you have the truth, it is your, it's a moral obligation and your godly obligation to try to bring a brother or sister that's off track back on track. Amen. And so he says, brother, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and someone turns them back, let them know that he who turns a sinner. Now, i got to go back to this, and, and I, I want to complete this. You, you say, well, I, Pastor, you preach we are the righteousness of God. We're righteous. And, and, and it says in a lot of these epistles that, 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 that they say to the saints. They, they, uh, you know, and you got these apostles calling the church saints. So are we saints or are we sinners? Or are we both? What, what is it? Well, if a saint is somebody that's walking with the Lord, walking in the light, and that's not backslidden in sin. So a saint is somebody that's, that's, that's full throttle walking with God. But James calls a sinner, remember he said those that are in love with the world, he said they're committing spiritual adultery. Or spiritual adultery, which means you're loving the world more than God. And you'd rather be in the club than in the church. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you rather be Saturday night in the club than Sunday morning in the church? And you say, well, and Jesus is my Lord. But, but you're worshiping Jack Daniels at, at night. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? 
So now, see, are you hearing what I'm saying? But Oh, yeah, but I'm going to make it in the rapture. Right. Yeah, you're going to make it. Right? So what is he saying? He's saying that why is it so important that we, that we grab a hold of people that's wandering from the truth? Wake up, man. Jesus is coming back. You don't want to be left behind. Right? And so, so he calls them a sinner. They're not in the saint category yet. They can be. They can. They can change. They can be. They can be totally sold out. But we got to get back sold out again. So if we're wandering from the truth and we're out in the world and we're, and we're, and we're preferring the club over the church and we're preferring worldly people over godly people, and then you say, well, that person was never saved in the first place. I beg to differ. Because I was saved and I backslid and I went back to the clubs and I did a lot of And thank God, God got me back. And I was seriously saved. Amen. Anybody have that testimony? I'm living that testimony right now. I was in a club last night. I'm in church tonight. Listen, the clubs are no fun anymore. They've got to close out in 10. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm saying church is more fun than the club. I'm saying living a living a godly life, living a righteous life, being sold out to God, there is a great reward. And I'm telling you, vacillating and being half lukewarm and being half in the world and half in the church, you're straddling the fence and you're going to fall. Either you're going to fall on the left or hopefully you're going to move on the right. And if you keep straddling, you're going to either fall in love with one over the other. And your heart is very sensitive. And if you allow your heart to be swayed by the world and you keep that before your heart, your heart might just fall in love with the world. That's why the Bible says that, uh, that, that you need to hide God's word in your heart so that you won't sin against him. That's why we need to stay in the Word. We have to stay in His presence. We have to stay in church. We have to stay in a committed relationship with Him through the church. I'm obligated to you, and you're obligated to me. I'm going to say that with a smile. I'm obligated to show up Sunday morning to preach the very best message I can to bring you closer to God to help bring you know in you into repentance if you need it or to help comfort you if you're walking the walk so that we all can go up on that faithful day God is raising up a church in this last hour a church without spot or wrinkle a church full of love and faith a church that's going to do and is doing the works of Jesus and I'm going to say this miracles don't get us into heaven it's our relationship with God that gets us into heaven it's not miracles it's not the move of the spirit it's how is your relationship with your heavenly father and I want my relationship with God very close that's why I'm going to stay as far as I can away from sin I'm going to walk as close as I can to God I'm not just going to be on the edge I played that game before. I didn't like it. I like my peace. I don't like turmoil. I don't like stress. 
I, I, can't, I, I can't live with condemnation. <laughs> Are you listening? I got to have peace. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. Fast, pray, read the Bible, go to church, be a good person, be the best that I can be, not talk about people, keep my mouth shut. Because <laughs> I, I value peace. And Jesus came to give us peace. In the midst of turmoil, he, he came to g- g- peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And so peace, peace can come from the inside and can show up on the outside. And no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter if all hell is breaking loose, we still can maintain the peace factor because Jesus is greater in us than he that is trying to upset us in the world. And this month is going to be a month of peace. And you're going to walk in greater peace this, this, this month and, and this coming year. And you're not going to be ticked off. Uh, you're not going to be upset because you're casting your cares on God. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That's right. Trust in the Lord with, with all of your heart. And, be not, and, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will, I like what one translation says, make the crooked places straight. He will make the crooked places, the places that seem crooked in your life, straight. Did you receive it this morning? Glory, let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you. For your mercies and your goodness this morning. I thank you that you are raising up that glorious church. And I declare, Sea Life Church is that glorious church. Is that the church in the book of Revelation, the, 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 the Philadelphia church. And I thank you, Father God, the Philadelphia church was a faithful church that was counted worthy to, to be taken up in the rapture. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that we're raising up a God-fearing church. And I thank you, Father God, for those that are watching online, those that are in the audience. And maybe you've been, you haven't been totally sold out to God. You haven't put God first place. You, you're still kind of playing around with the world. Well, today is a day to move in to 100% full throttle commitment to God. And, and maybe you never made a commitment. Today is the day for it. So I want you to say this and mean it, out, uh, mean it with your heart. Say it out of your mouth. Say, dear God. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with the fullness of yourself, with the fullness of your love, peace, and joy. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 